Hey, fellow community, happy pre-Christmas. You've probably been listening to all that Christmas music. You might even be sick of it already. But you're gearing up for that giant push right after Thanksgiving for one of the most attended services your church does all year. What I really hope is that you're pacing yourself. It's only like middle of November. All right, well, it's that time again. It's Philo Podcast time. And if you're new to our podcast, the goal is to help technical artists in the local church become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. And since our last episode, uh, man, it seems like the time has flown by. Like you, we've been real busy around here at Philo, exploring new possibilities, getting ready for some really amazing stuff for Philo 2019. And coolest of those would be the fact that we were able to announce Philo 2019 will be at Willow Creek's main campus again this year. As an organization, we at Philo had an amazing time with the team at Willow, and I know that the church really loved hosting all of you at Philo 2018. So yeah, looking forward to that again this year. Since we're gearing up for Christmas, I thought it would be good to talk about ways to survive Christmas. And when I think about surviving Christmas, I immediately go back to my days at Kensington Church and remembering all the crazy and amazing times we had getting ready for Christmas. And my good friend and co-conspirator for many of those Christmases was Kristen Twilla. We volunteered together, pulling off services in a middle school cafetorium, and now she's the arts director at Kensington. So I'll let our conversation pick the story up from here. I am here with one of my best, best friends, Kristen Twilla. Hey, Kristen. Hi. <laughs> We're actually sitting in person together. This is not like a Skype call or something over the internets, this is like face-to-face. In our old offices, actually. Yeah, so we're currently at Kensington Community Church, uh, where we both were volunteers mm-hmm. way, way back. Many, 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 many years ago. Yes, in the 90s, the early 90s. Yeah, we were a part of building this building, and we're yeah. sitting in an office. I think I was, was I next door? The yep. one two next down, door to Two that? down yep. from where we are right now. Yeah, so all the old memories are flooding back. Yes. The good and the great, bad. Great memories. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all good. Way more better than than That's true. Yeah. yeah, we were talking, we had lunch today, and we are just talking about all the character-building conversations we had, mm, or just so. even the our character being built here mm, as, so. were we in our 20s? I suppose we were, yeah. yeah. I came at 23, so. Yes, I must have been 20, 21. One of the things that I do when I'm talking to someone on the podcast, I usually think about the first time I met them, which is really a good one. Uh, So I'm not a big, I have a big personal space bubble that I like to maintain (laughs) at all times. And the first time I met Kristen, she uh, was friends with one of my good friends at the time and they came over to my house. I was home from college or something and was playing the piano practicing something and Kristen came in and gave me this big old hug while I was sitting at the piano and I just did not, I don't think I hugged back. I just like still with my hands on the keyboard. You didn't let on. Yeah, I'm like, who is this person? I don't even know her. She's giving me a hug already. Yeah, mutual, I felt like I knew you already so well just from uh, hanging out with our mutual friend. Yeah. Well, and we were all, uh, all of us, even though I was in college, we were all super connected to Kensington and mm-hmm. really involved there and felt like we were, yeah. Yeah, changing the world. Yeah, we uh, were changing the world. Getting the chance to be a part of something so cool. 
Yeah, which reminds me, we I was driving over here today, so it's my 30th uh, high school reunion is tonight, so Woo! super excited about that. <laughs> uh, but driving here, I had a little time to kill, and I realized, hey, I'm driving by the original site where Kensington met for the first time, so I went over there and took a picture of the school, and the main entrance, or at least the entrance I remember using, is kind of on the back side of the school, yep. and th- I think there was a drug deal going on back there. <laughs> I can't be for certain, but but um, yeah, these people look nervous that I'm here, and I'm just going to get out of here. Anyway, yeah, that location has a lot of fond memories of uh, lots of firsts. Yeah, I mean, well, so the the name Kensington comes from the fact that that school was on Kensington Road. Mm-hmm. That's how how our name is so special. Yeah, right. All that thought went into nice, it. Nice, yeah, neutral name. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we went, we met in their cafetorium mm-hmm. with no air conditioning. Yep, set up the chairs and lights were literally light switches. I don't think they yeah, were even fluorescent light lights trees. on and off. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The amazing part was God was up to something in mm. that ugly, hot, very evident uh, room. Yeah, we weren't there for very long, maybe a year. Less than a year. Yeah, less than a year, I think. I mean, I think we started services with 300 people Mm -hmm. and just went up from there. Yeah. I have a few memories from that place, but one of the most vivid ones is, so I was into audio. That was my thing back then. The best mix of my entire life was Was in that that room. room. (laughs) In that room. And I just remember, Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably had better mixes since then, but Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling having this Mm -hmm. moment where I'm like, this sounds perfect. Mm. And I looked at the person next to me and she was feeling it too. Mm-hmm. We were like, no way, this is so great. Yeah. And the, was the crappy the, little homemade speakers. and Back in the days where it was First Call and Amy Grant and Stephen Curtis Chapman. So on the drive over here, uh, this is all stuff that no one really cares about, but on the drive <laughs> over here, because I went to high school in the 80s, I listened to Sirius XM, the 80s channel, the entire nice. way here. <laughs> Nice. And then I was getting tired. I mean, it was some great stuff from the 80s. But then uh, I was thinking about Amy Grant. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could stream some of her music just to get back in the zone. So good. Did, some did of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was good. We used to listen to First Call like full full tilt while we'd rearrange our offices. Oh, my gosh. So we <laughs> shared an office, months. didn't we? Yeah. It, it yeah. was really the rehearsal room. Yeah. Which meant our... Desks were fair game for. Yeah, I got trashed all the time. Uh, we're basically changing tables yeah. for small children <laughs> during rehearsal times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very oh, fun. Goodness. So anyway, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about stuff like that because yeah. we have so much history together, and because we're in this building, just kind of mm. brings up a few thoughts about yeah stuff we could talk about. When this podcast comes out, it's sometime in mid-November. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now it's, what is it, September 1st? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh my gosh. And End so it's time to start thinking about Christmas. And um, we've had some notorious Christmases here yes, over the years. we have. And being in a high school, trying to pull off crazy stuff. And now multiple campuses trying mm-hmm. to pull off some amazing things. Do you have like one memory that stands out for you at Christmas? For Christmas, yeah. And I have actually, it's not a great one. <laughs> it's one of my claims to fame as far as learning from my mistakes. And actually I was talking to you about it earlier and yeah. you don't remember it, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that is so awesome. 
but I was overseeing the set build and we were creating the inside of a living room. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some reason, I, through counsel, a couple of painters counseled me to go with a pink shade that I now affectionately call Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as soon as it was on the walls, uh, we were under a tight timeline. So course, it got yeah. painted and then it was in a trailer and then it was being set up. And I was so embarrassed by the color choice. <laughs> and to this day, it is one of my, in my mind, one of my claims to fame of like a horrible choice <laughs> and having to kind of live with that on such a special, meaningful day. Right, yeah. Well, I think the timeline for Christmas is so crunched or can be that, yes. yeah, you've, we got. We have this window of time to paint this, yes. and that's it. <laughs> so. And I was going for texture and, you know, like regal, uh, but it did not turn out that way. Yeah. I think that Christmas had a live dog in it. I mean, it as had well. something to do with the throne, <laughs> but the wrong yeah. kind of throne. Uh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> to this day, I still. It's like it's like it happened yesterday, yeah. and yet. <laughs> now, one of the things uh, for Kensington, uh, the years that I was here it was mostly a single campus. I think there was one Christmas there. They, the two. campusing mm -hmm. started. And so the Christmases tended to be blowouts, just crazy, amazing. Yeah. But long hours, mm -hmm. crazy rehearsal schedules. And not, and then going to campuses, there was a big, to, to try and do the same thing everywhere. Challenging, A, a giant yeah. shift to then simplify yeah. so that everybody could do it. How was that transition I think it, it's had its good parts and it's what would kind of feel bad. I think sometimes you can feel like you lose the opportunity to do something really grand when mm -hmm. you have to multiply it for multiple places. I think the big dreamer has to definitely take a little bit of a hit. But I would say we, in multiple places, feel a lot of pride in the ability to get six places looking very similar. Uh -huh. um, it really gives more production people a chance to try something harder, especially in a portable setting for the holiday. We have longer time in the school. So for a lot of the production peeps who only have two and a half hours on Sunday, the holiday really gives them a chance to kind of really blow it out. So even though it's a little less than just one place as far as the complexity, right. Um, we still go for it in the idea of bigger than we've ever done before and new skills and things like right, that. Right, right. Which do you prefer? You know, I think, uh, that's a good <laughs> yeah. question. I think the production person in me would love just one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Uh, that, you go home at night. that yeah. bigger <laughs> picture, you, you know, like you have more resources for it. Mm -hmm. So spreading it out over six places means, you know, everybody gets less. Right. And so we don't get to do the one place big right. anymore. So for my own probably selfish kind of chance to be challenged, sometimes that chance to have just all the resources in one bucket for one thing, Right. we, we almost never get to do that yeah. now. And interesting, at, at lunch today, we were talking about how to develop people and mm -hmm. you have all these, talking about Kensington, have all these highly skilled experienced people that have done these big one-off Christmases right. that aren't really doing anything on the weekend. I mean, they're, right. they're around and supervising or whatever, right. but they're not really digging into the thing that they're really the best at. Yeah. They've, they've been promoted to management right, or whatever. Right. And so there's something about the one big blowout that's mm -hmm. attractive to those people right. because it's a chance to, this is now stretching me yep. in the thing I love. Yeah. 
but the having multiple campuses simpler, it's stretching more people Correct. at a lower level, maybe. Which but is, but still, yeah. the, you're it's more developmental than. And the it, one big. that is really cool to see the pride everybody takes in their place, and they look forward to the holiday because uh-huh. they really get to. Um, invest themselves more and do something that they could never do on a Sunday morning with two and a half hours. So that's the equal, that's where it's hard. You know, there's the personal wish, but in the ministry realm for Kensington, like the holidays are really, as much as they're more work, the idea of putting more into it is allows for a different kind of fulfillment that I think is just super special. Now in the course of the years, I can remember the, when I was here, the process for Christmas was usually pretty lousy. Uh, in fact, I <laughs> we were in the lobby just now, and I was having. A, there's this one room that's shaped like a bean. That's what I thought. <laughs> it was a peanut. You've corrected mm-hmm. me. It's shaped like a peanut. <laughs> I can remember there was a meeting that happened in the peanut room. Oh, about a holiday. Oh yeah. man, it was during the holiday, <laughs> and it was sort of like we're gonna meet right now. I'm like okay. <laughs> With a few people and one of the people did not show up right on time. And I thought, I think he's gone. He's left the building. He's not <laughs> this coming. This is not going to be this good. Is not good. Oh my gosh. Christmas. Mm. Merry Christmas. Mm. Merry freaking Christmas, <laughs> as we used to say. Yeah. Okay. All that to say, bad process, lived through a lot of those. Mm. How did, I'm guessing that the, the shift to campuses really forced the issue to create a better process or was because it was simpler, the program, that mm-hmm. the process sort of benefited from the fact there was less to be planned? or I would say the campuses definitely helped this happen, but I would say as a team, we really had to just have a hard conversation about the reality of pulling something big off mm-hmm. and the short notice and things like that. Just I would say we more reached as a team a more effective process and we really had to hold arts to some decisions earlier than they ever had in, in previous years. And I think once the change actually happened, we all enjoyed the process so much more that um, we really haven't gone back. Yeah, Multiple places was part of it, but really it was the arts, not to blame the arts team, but it was the arts team being indecisive too long right? that really made everything rough for everybody. Yeah. And so I think in some ways we had to reach a place where we hurt enough to potentially change. And then we worked hard as a team to do that. Uh, and I probably should apologize to a bunch of people because <laughs> I was the one leading the production team in some of those really bad years <laughs> that I just let the process happen that way. Yeah. Well, uh, it was, I think part of those years of growing in our character, it was like, how can you, how do you do that in a healthy way? In well, a constructive how do you do it? Way. Yeah, feel like you're still a team player and saying no to people, and yeah, it's because the arts team had really good ideas too. So right. it wasn't like it was lame stuff they were asking us to to make late. Yeah, but it just wasn't really sustainable right. to try to pull off late things. At least yeah. what felt like late to us, especially at multiple places. And I would say for me, just personally, the challenge that I've had when I was here, not because of here, but me mm-hmm. was that I never consider I didn't consider my own time to be a mm-hmm. resource mm-hmm. Yeah. to be managed. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, whatever. Yeah. And so when you think that way and you have a whole team of people, now suddenly it's affecting everyone, not yeah. just we all need to stay all night instead of just me. 
uh, or whatever. Yeah, sometimes that all night can be like a badge of totally. of honor in some way. But I don't think in the if you're going to be a well-rounded kind of person, both production, home, you know, right? Uh, too many of those, and it feels like we're skewed a little, right. right? Yeah, one thing about those years is there was so very little margin. Yeah, like we we did not build the process with any margin, and so I think you know it's just so strange. One of the light bulb moments for me in that you know my time matters mm-hmm, too, and mm-hmm. and figuring out boundaries and all that really happened when uh, the Lord of the Rings movies came out. Mm. In so 2001, mm-hmm. the first one came out, and I just rem- I'm such a huge Lord of the Rings fan. The books and mm-hmm. all, I mean, I've read them so many times. I've lost count. I uh, started reading it again today, <laughs> just because I'm uh. such a nerd. <laughs> uh, but I said on opening night, I'm going at midnight. I don't care where rehearsal is. I don't care <laughs> what more needs to get done. Yeah, we're stopping, and I'm walking out the door at 11:30. Yeah, and. Even saying it now, I felt that strongly about it. Like we have all these other rehearsals. We mm-hmm. have, you know, we've been killing it for 10 years or whatever. Yeah. I'm, this is what I'm going to do one night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like, I got no pushback from anyone. And a small group of people went, you know, yeah, maybe 10 we of all, us We wanted to join you. Yeah. And then we did it again the next year yep. and the group was bigger. And by the the last year, 2003, I think that we felt like half the theater was yeah, us. We got tickets saying, ahead. Yeah, let's stuff. pack up and we're all heading over there. Yeah. So drop rehearsal and yeah, good call. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was so selfish, but it yeah, it was such a good thing for me to realize. Yeah, having something else yeah. besides it. We had a, one set where we made nine thousand styrofoam bricks, <laughs> and the artistic vision was to paint them four different colors. So they were going to make a, a storefront, so they couldn't all be the same color because totally, that, yeah, would, no, that would be awful. Unrealistic. <laughs> but 9,000 foam bricks individually cut and painted and hand-glued to the walls so that we'd have the spacers just right. And mm-hmm. it was a crazy ask. <laughs> it looked and amazing, I have to it say. It did turn out yeah. good, but <laughs> it, was, it was one of those, those last years before we kind of really made a change. Mm-hmm. And I can remember having an epiphany gluing bricks to say, you know, really, we're going to talk about Jesus at Christmas, whether this brick gets on the wall is the right color or not. And it was uh, really profound for me to kind of uh, put in priority Mm -hmm. this activity I was doing connected to really what was going to happen on Christmas Eve services. And yes, I, we ended up getting them all painted and on, but it really wasn't the thing. The idea of bringing the message about Jesus right. was the thing. And it was going to happen, you know, in some ways, whether this happened or not. So I became a little less, you know, the martyr maybe in right, the midst right. and a little more maybe ministry minded, mm-hmm. even while I was doing it. Right. But it was ambitious, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, that's a great uh, point you bring up, just the idea of, Sometimes the idea feels ridiculous or too much work. And so, yeah, we need to speak into those. Sometimes in the moment is the wrong time. So yeah. afterwards saying, do we really need 9,000 individually painted and glued bricks? Yeah, maybe not. But even to have the perspective mm-hmm. uh, that I'm working so hard for the thing that's not the main thing, that is a detail that maybe nobody notices. Yeah, yeah. It has really... I've thought of it pretty much every holiday <laughs> since or or really even every kind of big undertaking mm-hmm. you know like it's 
I think if you want to do the production part right, you really have to be detail-oriented and really on it. What I found in that was that what was the ultimate thing we're doing along with the the production part or the set build part, and right. that was how is the message of Jesus affected by what I'm doing. So if their microphone's not working, then we're we're really, you know, toast. But a lot of the other parts are really the Lord putting us together, mm-hmm. arts and, and tech specifically, or, you know, the moments we're trying to craft. How is he working in each part of the people involved to really ultimately really make the real ministry impact? Yeah. I think there's times where it could all have gone right and yet still fall a little flat. Totally. And I think that's more in our own in our own effort and maybe, you know, like the smoothness of it didn't allow for maybe the Holy Spirit to even really mess it up a little, sure. you know? It's hard to say in the moment because you're trying to do your job well. Right. And no you're one's trying looking, to be a team player. You're trying to... Yeah, and no to, one's looking to make distractions or, right, you know? Right. So even with that that brick, it's like like you're saying, I didn't stop in the middle of that epiphany and go, never mind, let's not do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you still keep pressing, but even those lessons that the Lord's giving you mm-hmm. throughout the doing, I think is really worth like listening to. Like I think right. that your Lord of the Rings thing's another example, like you were nudged. And you listen to that and <laughs> and learning something, being different because of it. Right. One of the theories I have about Christmas and Easter or name any other big event that you are doing with your church, that the process and the way we go about doing weekends is how we do Christmas, but it's magnified. Mm-hmm. So like the things that you're really good at, get better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the things that you're really bad at get worse. <laughs> Show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In big quantities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do, do you see that? I mean, that, I learned that here. Yeah. Just curious. Is that something that you still experience or? Uh, I, it definitely like when you're squeezed more because of the, the, the push. pressure, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely, you know, you experience if, you know, like if you have unresolved stuff, that's normally when it's going to kind of tip out <laughs> again. I definitely think entering into the holiday is, especially in it being grander, is saying, you know, here we go again. You know, like I can remember after that Pepto-Bismol pink year, I, you know, left those <laughs> rehearsals going, I'm never going to do a set again. <laughs> I don't know who thought I should be responsible for this set, but I'm out. <laughs> And literally probably within two weeks, just in my own mind, I was like, so how can I learn from what that was? And how can I not get in that situation again? And, mm-hmm. and I can remember going, I can't believe I'm thinking about this. I said, I'm not doing this <laughs> out, anymore. Yeah. And that I think is a lot about a new holiday approaching. It's mm-hmm. like um, once you start getting into it, you're like, oh yeah, this is what this kind of thing brings up. I would say, yeah, there's always something that's uncovered probably, but... I'd say it's probably the right time to be uncovered, I guess, yeah. in the way well, God I mean, it better than does staying it. hidden. Sometimes the pressing is what helps the whole team become better and different. Because if you just can pull it off easily, who's signing up for that? Right, right. And is your dependence on the Lord in it? You yeah. know, like um, how many times are you approaching the hard thing? Like, you know, get your ducks in a row or really dependent on what God's going to do through you. Sometimes the harder or the bigger the challenge, those are 
by far the more likely for you to yeah. be like, ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say the thing about uh, you know the things you're good at get better and the things you're not good at get worse, The or they're just magnified. So much of the bad stuff, just sitting here thinking about it, boils down to short accounts with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a relational thing or a process-related thing or... So I could just imagine for me, I don't really like this process for the weekend, mm-hmm. how we get to the weekend, but I can deal with it. I'm yeah. just going to suck it up and do mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to do it. And then you hit that same process at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like now I really hate it. Yeah. And But I've never said anything. Right. And guess what? Now is, well, now it's too late to say anything until after we're through it. Yeah, yeah. And I think as a, me as a tech person, I don't know if this applies to anyone else, but I wanted to keep my head down, do my job, not complain, yeah, be a team player, all these things that are not bad. Yeah. They're all pretty awesome. But yeah. then they're shielding me from having an honest conversation yeah. when the pressure isn't on. Right. Yeah, I've had many a many a discussion with many, uh, many, 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 many <laughs> yeah. with actually the you and I's previous leader and for him it didn't matter what prior to the process we were in, you know. I mean mm-hmm. it wasn't literally in the middle of rehearsal, but right. it was going to be right after rehearsal. Right. We weren't waiting till the service was over, you know. Yeah. And I think he modeled so much the value of tackling it. Right. And maybe it's, I think the other thing he modeled was it's not often one conversation and it's remedied that right. you may need six months worth of consistent conversation to really see a breakthrough. Right. But I'd say my working relationship with him now is like something I could have never imagined that we could be kind of on the same page like mm-hmm. we are now back then. And I think it's a testament to both of us trying our best to go into the hard conversation whenever the timing is as open right. and honest as we can be and we didn't do it perfectly by far a lot of i think we hurt each other probably often <laughs> <laughs> but i think we also experienced fruit in being faithful in right. a lot of what's you know it's a lot of first corinthians 13 you know the persevering and protecting and yeah yeah you think of that passage so much just for kind of weddings and things, but right. I'd say it is a huge production yeah, right. passage. You've taught yeah. on it. I know. It's yeah. like, it's a passage for for production for sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are at your gift or whatever mm. the thing that God has given to you. If it's without love, it's mm-hmm. just noise. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that First Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. 1? You know, yeah. The very f- 12 is all the kind of explaining mm-hmm. what love is and then None the of it, or what gong. the gifts are. Yeah, but the yeah, gong then, and the symbol. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good verse. I hate it. it. Is. I know. <laughs> I know, because normally in the pressure, you know, if you're seeing the worst things come up, you know. Yeah. Almost always that somewhere that passage applies somehow. Yeah. Because you're so ten your tendency can be so much to be uh not patient, mm-hmm. not self-controlled, like because you uh, add the fatigue or the unknown, you know, the right. fear of yeah. the unknown. Yeah, what's tomorrow going to be? And yeah. yeah, like what if we'll get it? Will we get it done? Will it, you know, what all the what ifs? Yeah. Definitely pushes on that stuff. Yeah. Ugh. So much. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, one of the things I was thinking about too is uh, when I went to Willow Creek, there are a lot of things that surprised me about when I got there, but one of them was the rehearsal process, like in the rehearsal schedule for each day or night. It mm-hmm. would be done at nine. Hmm. I thought, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> we got time. Let's go to midnight. And 
it's interesting. My perspective has <laughs> shifted now to the nine o'clock, you know, the written yeah. ending of the rehearsal. Yeah. It may or may not be where we end, mm-hmm. but if we're planning to end later than that, like 10 or 11, yeah. then we're going to go longer. You know, After, just, yeah. And so part of it is, I think as a tech person, I want rehearsal to go smoothly mm-hmm. and I want to be out when mm-hmm. the rehearsal schedule says to get out. But the reality is that if it's not working, we need mm-hmm. to keep working on mm-hmm. it. And so the thing about the written ending time that was so useful is that it gave us margin to, okay, now we're going to have a side conversation about this and fix that. And, mm-hmm. and okay, we were still walking out the door at 1130, but if we're waiting for rehearsal to be done to fix some things or to mm-hmm. say, hey, this isn't working, let's reimagine this and come back tomorrow. Yeah, just it was so beneficial to have that space yeah. built in. It's back to the margin, you know, like we're always... How can you have an ambition, you know, or right. or because when you're heading into something you've never done before, you don't know, right? Yeah, what you may come across, and you know, there's always it's always takes longer than you think, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, how do you have the right extra room in there? Is it's like kind of prayerfully try to set <laughs> it on paper so that. <laughs> well, and I would say too, I have a lot more grace for the person that's coming up with the rehearsal schedule mm, yes. or just what the plan <laughs> is because I've been a part of enough things now that you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Yeah. And so you're taking your best guess. You're trying to make sure you're stopping for meals. You're taking a break. Mm-hmm. You're, and I mean, yeah. I would say most of the time it's not accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's like impossible to predict a little bit. And I always, uh, somebody would say to me, how are you feeling about XYZ event? I'm like, well, I'm just wondering who I'm going to screw this time. Who have I forgotten about? And we're going to find out about it Yeah, in five minutes or whatever. Wish they could have more time or, yeah. yeah. Right, I've I've done it, uh, I've stuck it to somebody. I just don't know who. (laughs) I I think the other thing we've, we've learned is how many times we've been like, oh, we'll just try it. Tomorrow, right? Right. When we could maybe try it today. Yeah. Like that's definitely um, been a, I find us still sometimes like, ah, oh, you know, we'll just don't put off till tomorrow, which right. you could do today. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially in the unknown, heading into the unknown stuff. If even just, even just the little things that you can get tested ahead of time or, right, right. or tried ahead of time gives you just so much more traction. When when you've got more eyes on you, right, or right, right. more more lives kind of waiting on it for the right. timing, or yeah, I was having a conversation with Dan Larson who does lighting at Willow Creek, um, and they just installed a pre visualization room, mm. or just a mm-hmm. room that they can program lights mm-hmm. uh, with the big screen and stuff. And so I said, "Hey, do you ever use? Do you, I mean, how often are you using?" He's like, "Ah, yeah, mostly for." special events and it's so great to to put in the time without having 50 people waiting for you. Yeah, it's going to. And yeah. to to be able to prepare before the rig is up and mm-hmm. people are in the room and all that stuff and I think what what you said made me think of it the the idea that what can we do Friday mm-hmm. so that when Saturday comes we're Mm-hmm. We're not having to worry about that. Right. Same with Christmas. Like, right. let's check the video before rehearsal, so mm-hmm. we just make sure it all works and all the tracks are in the right channels or whatever. Yeah. Instead of having all the volunteers there waiting, yeah, they came right from work and they don't want to stand around waiting right. for you to, to be like, oh yeah, oh, I, I forgot I, to check uh, that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 
Which is the interesting thing is one of the other things we talked about at lunch is that from a production standpoint here at Kensington in those early years, it was ever as good as we could make it. Mm -hmm. There was Mm -hmm. nobody that was just sitting there watching us fail and saying, I could totally do that better. It was like, (laughs) this is as good as it gets. And so, yeah, we were making stuff up and doing Mm -hmm. things in very wrong ways, but yeah, yeah, just trying to which was a benefit to me, I think, as someone learning. Mm-hmm. So I went from doing audio every week right, pretty right. much to video directing. Right. Like, I, I don't even <laughs> know what a video camera looks like practically. Right. And so, yeah, there were some really bad weekends that somebody better to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. no, okay, then we're just going to keep learning yeah. and getting better slowly. Yeah, and thankfully, like, you didn't get to, you didn't have to see what was being shot because it was just for overflow, right? So right. it wasn't actually oh, no, in the I room. no, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what we were doing. Oh, my gosh. I would usually, if I was actually directing the, we, the service, I would get so worked up during a moment, you know, trying to capture the exact right thing and just start yelling at the camera people. <laughs> wow, no, no, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? And then when the song was over or whatever, I'd say, I'm really sorry, everybody. I, I just don't know what came over me. <laughs> Which is reminding me of one of my favorite Christmases here at Kensington yes. was maybe the last one at Troy High School where we were meeting. Mm-hmm. There were two kids that were part of the media department at this high school, mm-hmm. like they were students. Mm-hmm. And they thought what we were doing was really cool. So they would show up mm. on, the week, on Sunday just to hang out. Mm-hmm. And we figured out that their video system, their cameras and everything was the exact same stuff oh, we had. Cool. And so we, we had three cameras mm-hmm. and they had four cameras. And so we just pile them, them on, together. let's do it. Seven camera shoot with a handheld. <laughs> like we'd never had a handheld before. Oh my uh, gosh. What was that Christmas? Do you remember? I don't know. <laughs> How fun though. It was fun. So many choices. And Eric Wolf, who was at Kensington for years mm-hmm. uh, doing tech stuff, and is now at War Church. Mm-hmm. What is his title? Arts he's director. Arts director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was an intern. He's crossed over. Yeah, I know. He's moved to the other side of the hallway. <laughs> he has a window in his office. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, he uh, he was my intern, and so he would basically whatever I didn't have time for, he would do. And so he learned how to edit and uh, videos and all kinds of stuff. And so I said, "Hey, Eric, go out there and you can run handheld for Ooh. the service." And he's like, I don't know how. I'm like, I don't either. Just go out and do it. Just <laughs> use your best judgment. And there is the, some freedom there. Isn't if there? the shots are bad, then <laughs> I won't use them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I find that most of my knowledge of production happened in those years yeah. of just like I wouldn't say freedom to fail, but mm-hmm. it was just Necessity. doing your yeah. best and trying new things and failing along the way, and then just hopefully not repeating it. Yeah, lots of good stuff too. <laughs> And yeah. taking the risk, right? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, so. At the moment we're recording this, September 1st, just two days ago on Facebook, it popped up that it was my four year anniversary of my last day working at Willow Creek. So mm. I've been super nostalgic mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. So <laughs> driving over here, I'm like listening to 80s music, <laughs> listening to Amy Grant 80s <laughs> music, going to East Hills Middle School yeah. where Kensington started. Yeah, no, talking Lots about all these. Yeah. It's good to look back. It is. And I would say too that, so I just wrote a blog post about just mm-hmm. the, I had a moment, the goodbye party for m- mm-hmm. me at Willow Creek uh, had a table for 50 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, when I, I was the first one to get there and I thought, there's no way we're going to fill this <laughs> table up. 
And by the end of it, we were adding mm. chairs and tables mm-hmm. and I just so moved. And I remember sitting there thinking about my goodbye party from here. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, maybe under 20, I think, mm-hmm. at our in our living room. Yeah. It's like a Christmas party or something. Yeah. And yeah, it was so hard to leave. And so sitting there at this thing, leaving Willow, God really impressed on me, like, remember Kensington mm-hmm. and how many people were at that table. Mm-hmm. And now look at look around now at how many people are here. What could be next? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you have no idea what I can do. Yeah, that's and awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool to sit there. And I, I mean, still learning what that is, but just the fact we're doing Philo and have podcasts for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, look at that. We've arrived. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Recounting our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's um, anything else to- we should talk about regarding Christmas besides it's the most wonderful time of the year? Yeah. When do you start your process for Christmas? Well, um, we started our process in June. Whoa. We learned part of our improving the process was that we had to get out ahead of it sooner. Sure, okay. So we tried to get with the teacher in June to kind of start really getting the teaching angle. Right. And that kind of starts a little bit of creativity. And then we reconvene in August, so we kind of don't do anything in sure. July. But we get a good, we get a jump in June, depending on if it takes, and the creativity like right, takes if really. Right, you go to Nepal to shoot a video or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if it takes, then we sometimes we can get a decent amount done. Um, revisit it in August. We need to start set building in October. Wow. So sometimes the set actually is the thing pushing other things because if we mm-hmm. want to have a set, um, we need to get that kind of aligned quicker. You're building a set for each campus, mm-hmm. like a central team or mm-hmm. maybe all campuses are participating in that, but same yeah. design. Yeah, uh, same design outside of kind of a portable place may have a couple tweaks. Right. but And where really, do you do? Where do you build that thing? We actually have a warehouse. Oh, nice. Uh, not ours. A rent, we rent a warehouse kind of centrally located. Yep. It's really the only way we could have a real set experience. No. We've actually done it in a couple different places when we were smaller, one or two campuses, like storage right. I units. Get, I have a good and story about that. Yeah. Houses, <laughs> condemned houses. Uh, an unheated warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, that was the carts or something, wasn't it, that year? Yeah, that yeah. was, uh, no, it was before that. It was my last Christmas. I basically built two sets alone uh, in an unheated warehouse. I think I remember bringing you dinner. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But anyway. yeah, like, yeah, so uh, we're, we're definitely shooting for it to feel as similar because the art is hopefully going to be created similar, right. the performing arts and stuff, so... We definitely try, we're in most school auditoriums, so we have, sometimes the school setting is in some ways has fly space where our buildings don't or things like that. Sure, so, right, uh-huh. But our goal is for them to feel similar for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and then the warehouse allows us to make kind of like, so I think our holiday this year is going to have like more cut out tree shapes and things. Sure, so uh, we're going to rent, use a CNC machine from somebody. Awesome. But we need a bunch of rolling carts, like eight per place or something. So that's a lot of carts times right. six. So we'll get volunteers involved. And without that kind of space, I don't think we could, our ambitions would be definitely having a more of a ceiling than. Right. Is Bob Culling still on that team? He is. Awesome. <laughs> and our warehouse is heated-ish. So <laughs> yeah. it's better maybe than your last time, but it's still 
Mine was abandoned, like rough. it was maybe yeah. for sale or something, yeah. and so it was. <laughs> it's a little bit better. It but, was definitely like a horror film should have been shot there. It's a it was, raw place, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's, I mean, it's a warehouse. So yeah, give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could be torn down <laughs> or not. Yeah. you know, we're happy to have it while yeah. we have it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and so, are you excited about this year's Christmas? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's it's like a it's a good thing to be able to be so far ahead or ahead as we are. Right, uh-huh. But I can't believe it's September when and I'm I'm thinking about Christmas. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, too, there are so many things that are like right up here yeah. in front of you that yeah, Christmas is like way over there. Yeah, but the need to be on Christmas would be one of the things we learned over the years was mm-hmm. that if we wait till the fall launch is over. To start engaging in it, right? It's too late. for us. It was it just caused way more pain, right? So, so even the teacher for Christmas in June has to kind of be like, no one's wanting to talk about Christmas in June. In all honesty, right? But I think we've felt the fruits of the proactive schedule. So everyone sees it on their calendar and right. is like, okay, I'm ready. You and know? who uh, who would you say you needed to get buy in to do that? So that everybody said, yes, we are, none of us want to, but yes, we're all going to talk about it in June. Definitely the teacher, for yeah. sure. Like mm-hmm. if the teacher's not able to go there, you're kind of dead in the water because right. what are you going to create if you don't know the teaching angle? And then I also think the creative kind of leadership producer or right. they at least need to be open to kind of start mulling it. Right. And I think as long as... As long as we know it's kind of like it's a lot of that, you psychologically get ready for it. Right. Right. You don't just like tomorrow say, Hey, I need you for a Christmas meeting. You're like, right. <laughs> you give them some notice to say, you know, right, it's coming. Everyone's playing a little Christmas music here and there to try to jumpstart <laughs> the thinking. But uh, when it hits the calendar, I think the people involved have seen the benefit right. of, of it. So, well, and I think too, I mean, looking back now, I mean, you're 10 years into or whatever mm-hmm. to this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's in the water mm-hmm. somewhat, Christmas which is, is easier. And yeah. Christmas is easier than Easter because Easter in that same premise. Yeah, you need like, to talk about it in November. Yeah, <laughs> which like who wants to talk about that while right. you're trying to pull off Christmas? <laughs> Especially when Easter's early, you know, right. like when it ends up in March, it's... it's um but but technically we need to start building the set in February. Right. So either you wait till January 1 and you're doing the whole process in a month of teacher and set and everything or yeah. I would say uh we we try in November, we at least get the concept out there and then um January is more pressing, you know, cuz you can just you can only do so much right. when you're in the throes of pulling one holiday off to Right. Well, I think the, the, uh, I was talking to somebody uh, about how they prepare for Easter, and they were t- saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, by December first, the creative people mm-hmm. are done with Christmas, right. and so we leverage them at yeah. that time. And then the rest of us, we go to the meeting thinking about Christmas. <laughs> but then once Christmas is up and running, you're sitting at the console yeah, you and, and the tenth message you've heard or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. in your brain at least. And then yeah. to the, I mean, same like doing it in June." But not yeah. meeting till again till August. It's just it's to have it subconsciously ruminating yeah, is starting. so important. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the other thing with the holiday too is to try to be um, not just uh, accomplish the task to be team mm-hmm. somehow. Like like Lord of the Rings in a way, let the team have an experience right. in the midst of. Yeah. 
I think we're always trying to kind of see how can it, how can it be fun in the midst of work in some form or fashion. Which I think is so hard because who really should be going to a midnight showing of a movie during (laughs) Christmas rehearsal? You're already tired, right? (laughs) Not me, but dang it, we're going. Uh Uh, And it was worth it. Yeah, right. Still talking about it 15 years It brings an intangible into it. Yeah. And it's, that won't just happen without the intentionality. Yeah. So we have like someone holds the premiere in our six campuses. And then what we found is everyone goes to the, what we do is we do the service ahead of doing it in real time so the other campuses can see it. Right. And so all those campuses um, go to dinner beforehand and then come to the service normally like 9.30 at night because we want one more rehearsal, right? right. Yeah. Before they can, they get to see it. And it's always not 100% finished. Sure, and right. so you get tons of critiques on the things that you know you still need to fix. <laughs> but at least they get a sense of it. Um, but stuff like that, just the chance for the team to go to dinner beforehand or any way you can kind of capture kind of some essence of, you know, not just the work, not just the, the to-do list. Yeah, yeah, that we tease are the the people who aren't pulling the services together will plan the all-staff party or right. something like that, like right in the worst possible time. Sure. But at least in the smaller setting of our teams, we can kind of know where the push and the pull is to, right, right. to try to grab uh, something to make memories yeah. along with the doing Right. Yeah. So important. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, the memories you have might not be good ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're remembering the long hours and the. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes just the Starbucks run, you know. Right. Right. Does so much just to, you know, be at the last run through and just that cold beverage or hot beverage can say a lot. I know at Willow Creek now, there's one night of rehearsals for Christmas that milkshakes from pot bellies ah, show up. Ah, nice. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I try to see if I'm around on those days <laughs> and just kind of appear. <laughs> hey, oh, shakes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what just uh, uh, something like that just can kind of really uh, becomes what's the special yeah. additional memory. And the thing about something like that, I can't imagine it's cheap to, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a hundred milkshakes or whatever mm-hmm. it is for Willow Creek mm-hmm. Christmas production. That's a lot of money. But then you, to break it down, like, okay, mm-hmm. one, one person, one milkshake. Mm-hmm. So someone is donating all their time for yep. rehearsals and all this stuff. And yes, a milkshake. Mm-hmm. Like we can make that happen. Yeah. It can, it's a thank you. That's like really cool. Right. Different yeah, than. It's thoughtful and. That, yeah, to be seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, it brings about a special category to what you're doing that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, it is. It's worth it. We Someone promise. is going to come to your service that has never come to church before. I can pretty much, Yeah. I would say that's been a faithful truth here. Yeah. And I would think it's it's likely a truth in pretty Most much every yeah. church. It's and the moment where someone will finally get talked into coming to church, mm-hmm. uh, where a regular weekend, Such not a, so much. Such a likely opportunity for someone right. to hear something they may have never heard yeah. before. So feels worth it. Yeah. Yeah, all those little details, all the things that we care about, they're all super important. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're doing them is so that God has a chance to get a hold of somebody. Yeah, which is... Really awesome. Powerful. Cool. Hey, thanks for making time. Sure. Always good to hang out. Always. (laughs) All right. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.
Don't you love talking with people where you can pick right up where you left off? I mean, that's really what it is for Kristen and me. And she's been a huge advocate for technical artists, myself among them, and has been along the whole Philo journey with me, even dating back to our Kensington days of trying to figure out how to have community amongst technical artists. And you know what? I really love looking back on all that God's done in, in and through us over the years. The things that matter most to me as a technical artist, really, I learned while I was at Kensington, and most of those uh, was right alongside Kristen. And it's amazing to me how many lessons we learned by going through really tough stuff. And it would be nicer to learn those lessons an easier way, but hey, man, good times. Hey, if you like our podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So if that's your preferred mode of listening, check us out. We'd love to have you join the Philo community on a regular basis. And don't forget, uh, you can find us on social media, at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram, and at Philo Conference on Twitter. We'd love feedback. We want to get better. If you got ideas for us, future podcasts, topics, whatever, shoot us an email, philopodcast at fusion.productions. All right, people. See you next time.